Welcome to the Jacksonaz Church Podcast. This is a podcast designed to give you an inside look into the ministries and the people of Jacksonaz Church in Jackson, Michigan. Let's get started. Welcome to the Jackson Has Church Podcast. I am pumped to have with us today on this episode, Margie Hine, who refers to herself as uh, sometimes the senior pastor because she's the most senior pastor on our staff. Sometimes she refers to herself as the silver streak because <laughs> she flies through the through the commons like so quickly on Sunday mornings and she happens to have silver hair. Um <laughs> Uh, Margie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I am so excited to have Margie on. I really am. Um, she is now our our most veteran uh, staff member. You've been on staff longer than anyone else here. Uh, how long have you been on staff here at the church? So June 1st, it was 23 years. 23 years. I That's... started when I was 10. <laughs> Excellent. We're roughly the same age. <laughs> That's right. Wow. And you, it took me until I was in my 30s to get a job here. So good job, like beating <laughs> the system. Uh, so um, what was it like working at the church when you were 10? I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so over those, over those 23 years, Margie has served in uh, a variety of capacities. Um, kind of, do, do you remember, were you like the third or fourth staff member because we started as a small church we had one pastor and then we added it was phil i mean that's not when we started but when we hired Correct. phil we just had one pastor and then he added ken as the youth pastor so way back in the 80s and then early 90s and then 23 years ago so you would have started in 2000 um yes. Were, do you remember how many other pastors were on staff when you started? So we were like a golf team. We had four of us. Okay. And uh, Ken's wife, Teresa, was the fourth person. Okay. So she was on at that time too. Cool. So when you started, uh, what was your role here? So actually when I started, I was hired to be the executive pastor slash administrative pastor. Um, they weren't quite sure what they wanted to call me. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, it didn't take long, and they decided that my title would be executive pastor. Okay. Give me just a couple, or give our listeners just a couple of the like kind of big things that you managed as executive pastor. So my job was to oversee the entire building and okay. you know make sure that it was in good repair, mm -hmm. uh, not only the building, but the grounds as well. Mm -hmm. And then um, also the day-to-day -day operations of the church to oversee the finances, make sure that everybody got paid mm -hmm. on time, you know, those type of things. So largely what Chris does now. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, so then uh, from executive pastor, uh, you switched roles eventually as the, as the staff and ministries grew. And then what was your next role at the church? So my next role was the commons pastor. Oh, okay, so I didn't even, re I guess I didn't even realize there was a whole role designated to that, like space in the church. Right. Um, and so that's, that would have been when you focused in on like, um, 
food ministries and hospitality ministry and that that sort of thing. Is that right? Yes. Um, I had a vision as far as, you know, for that room. And I gave Pastor Phil, um, well, he said, can you write up something? And <laughs> so two pages later, yeah. typewritten, um, he said, have you ever considered maybe moving into this role? Mm. My vision was, you know, to have a place that would connect people and mm. for people to grow in their relationships with one another. And yes, the hospitality part mm-hmm. was a big part of it. We started um, Sunday morning brunches. We had Wednesday night meals. We had a coffee bar. Um, we did weddings, uh, you know, catered for that. Just there was a whole lot happening in that room. That's awesome. Uh, and that is the commons. Uh, it's the largest, like in terms of physical footprint, square footage, it's the largest space in the entire church. Yes. Uh, which is, um, that's a beautiful thing. And typically the sanctuary is the largest room in a church. And uh, the vision, as I understand it, the vision for the commons was always for that to be the largest space because we wanted to have uh ample space for people to gather and just connect and enjoy community together, uh, which is awesome. Which we piggybacked off, you know, the scripture and acts that they had all things in common. And so we wanted that to be a place where if people couldn't afford a brunch, we had free things for them. We had free hospitality, coffee and snacks and things like that. Awesome. Awesome. So from there, uh, what was your next rule? Uh, then, um, I went over to women's ministries. Ah, that's right. And you were doing women's ministry when I started here. Correct. So now we're, we're getting close cause I've been here about a decade. <laughs> uh, so women's ministry, which is pretty self-explanatory. Uh, and then from women's ministry, I guess you added cause you, you were doing a, overseeing a couple of ministries when I started here. Is that when you got into connections? So yes, actually I was doing both of them at the same time and my sure. passion was always connections. Excellent. So I got to do both of those for a while. And then when Tracy came on staff, then her heart was for groups. Mm-hmm. So she took that over and I was able to do connections full time. So your legacy in women's ministry continues under Tracy's leadership. Um, we underwent several staffing changes uh, a few years ago, and in that time, uh, you had reached a point where you just you shared with Bryce and I at like an end of the year uh, review that we were doing with all the staff members that um, you were open to or interested in potentially working a little less than full time, but that you weren't ready to uh, stop working in ministry like altogether. I think your words were, um, you know, the the pace of full-time ministry is it's a little difficult for me to keep up with. And I'd, I'd, so I'd like to do less. But if I stopped working here altogether, I think I might die. And so, <laughs> uh, and so I asked, would you be open to part-time? And, and you said, oh yes, that would be something to the effect of that would be lovely. So when we were facing all these staffing changes, the questions that we always ask, where are we going? How does God want to get us there? And who do we have that can meet those needs? And so with care ministry, uh, you had stepped up and just owned uh, the, the care ministry of people during the time that we were all online, right? So uh, how are we going to continue to provide care for people when our best connections with them are 
um, not in person? And what about people who can't stream the services? And what about people who don't do email? And so we like literally took turns writing out cards and making phone calls to connect with people and follow up with them. And, and you just did it. You just stepped into that and were like, hey, here's a need. Um, I can fill this need. And you did it beautifully. And your advocacy for care in that season was incredible. So when we, uh, Chris and Bryce and I, when we recognized that there's a need for for a care pastor, uh, this, this could be a part-time job. And Margie was open to part-time work. And Margie was like the care ministry champion uh, over the last, at that point, it had been three to four months. Uh, and, and we just saw you really rise up to that. And we saw different staff members do like, like Ryan was super pumped about making connections with people, which is why she's the, the connections director. Now, um, she, I remember there was one staff meeting. She doesn't even remember this, but there was one staff meeting when she was like, I just love making connections. And I love seeing people get connected to the church. And it's so exciting. And it like, it's, it's thrilling and it just makes me so happy. And I was like, mental note, <laughs> you know, and now she's the connections director and <clears throat> seeing you own care. It was the same thing. It was like, Oh, Margie piece of cake, hands down. You were probably the easiest person to plug into a need like that we had. And then we presented it to you and you were like, Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Do you remember what I did? I, I started crying <laughs> Yeah, because you love connections too. Uh, and, right. And, yeah. And it, and it wasn't that like, Hey Margie, you're not doing a good enough job in connections. Cause you rocked that job. Like you really did. Um, but that was a full-time job. We, you know, we were talking about season of life and pace of ministry and, and quite honestly, I'll tell you, Margie, um, you were the best person for this role, like hands down of everybody we had on staff. Uh, it, no holds barred. Forget where everybody's currently serving. If we could handpick any person to do care ministry, who would it be? Margie Hine. Like, not even lying. I'm not making it up. I'm not just saying it because we're sitting in the room together. Um, it's You're true. Too kind. It's true, and that's and that's why we and that's why we asked you to to step into that role. So you prayed about it, and you did. So all of that context. <laughs> um, Tell us a little bit about, now you've got a lot of things in motion without like cataloging everything. I'll just tell people. And if you want to know more about care ministry, uh, chat with Margie on a Sunday. Uh, her email address is on the church's website and uh, you can call the church and chat with her anytime. She'd love to, she'd love to talk with you um, and get you plugged into care ministry. So they're not cataloging every single opportunity that exists in care ministry, but tell us kind of like what are the big what are the big areas of care ministry? And I guess more, more importantly, start with like, what's your heart behind care ministry? Like what's your current vision? What does God want us to accomplish here at Jackson as through care ministry under your leadership? Well, I think I want everybody to understand what a beautiful opportunity it is to be the hands and the feet of Jesus in this ministry. And that you may, do any one of these things in the care ministry. Um, and it isn't that I have to do it, but I get to do it. And 
you get so much more out of it, receive so much more than what you give. And just seeing the reaction of people when you care for them and and show them love or you walk alongside of them, um, it's such a beautiful partnership with Jesus. You know, and so... Um, Jesus isn't here, his Holy Spirit is, and so he works through each one of the, you know, the care people on the team. I love, like, so I'm just, I'm just going to lean into the, um, the blessing, you know, Jesus said, now this is in the context of uh, giving, Paul quotes Jesus as saying, it is more blessed to give than to receive. That is also true of our time and our energy. Um I'll just just as an example, a personal connection to that statement, because, you know, we don't want to make it sound selfish. You should do this because it'll be good for you. <laughs> <laughs> you should do this because you'll feel better. But let's be honest, like at some level, most people ask the question, like, what's in it for me? Whether they use those words or not, that is a that's a thought that cross crosses a lot of people's mind when they're trying to decide if they want to do something or not. Like, well, what? What am I going to get out of it? And, and that does, we're selfish beings, but it's not a selfish thing. So like, I'll just to support what you're saying, hospital visitations intimidate me. Um, there's something about the idea of going to a hospital and seeing somebody where they're so vulnerable, right? Um, even if it's like, I broke my ankle and I'm in the emergency room. Uh, and And it's not like, I'm super sick or I just got out of surgery or something like just being in the hospital. It just intimidates me. So whenever I'm scheduled for a hospital visitation, um, I, I just get nervous and I have to like psych myself up to go. But every single time I go, and that's not an exaggeration without fail, every single time I've gone to the hospital, I have been so glad that I went and part of that is because of I, what I know it meant to the people that I visited. Um, but part of it is because I enjoy the visit. Every time I go, I go and I'm like shaking as I walk into the hospital room. And then the Lord takes over and it's I don't do anything profound. Like I sit down, I ask what's going on. I ask how I can pray with them. We visit, we chat about all kinds of things that have nothing to do with why the person's in the hospital, just life and stuff. And then we pray and I leave and I'm all on my way back to my car every single time. I'm like, James, why do you get intimidated? Like, this is so great. They appreciate it, but like, it was great for you. And it fills me up. Like, I'm kind of like floating back to my car because um, I think on some level, I know that in the simplest way, God just used me to show up for somebody else. Like he showed up in exactly. me. I think of, you know, like we are the vessel mm-hmm. and so God is using us. Mm-hmm. And so I just go in there as an empty vessel, trusting that God is going to fill me with, you know, um, his spirit with the right words, you know, with wisdom, whatever is needed for that situation. But you have to remember, um, well, I don't know if you realize, but I think I've shared it before that, um, I couldn't even go in the hospital to visit people years ago mm. um, if they were getting a blood transfusion or if there was a needle in their arm, or, you know, because I always felt like I was going to pass out. Yeah. And I was the least likely, mm-hmm. you know, to minister to people in that capacity. But um, through the years, God has 
prepared me and gotten me ready for, you know, the ministry or the, you know, the, the things to come. And so now I can walk in there sometimes a little bit anxious because I don't know what to expect, but knowing that God has this. And so he's going to, you know, um, be with us. And again, yes, I think both of us are blessed, you know, the person, you know, with the words that God gives me and myself with, you know, just how they receive it. The idea of praying with someone else is probably intimidating to a lot of people. And like, you don't have to have some kind of prayer voice or language all figured out to pray. Um, you just have, you just open up a conversation with God. Right. And, um, I think once for me, my experience is once I start praying and and I'll just, I'll just start talking to God. Um, he impresses on my heart, like things to say, things to pray for. Um, and it, and it feels very much like stream of consciousness, kind of like verbal processing, which I do a lot. I think out loud a lot, um, and and so that feels very natural to me. But there are things that uh, that I pray for consistently, and then there are things that just come out of nowhere. And God uses both of those things, right? I pray for peace for people all the time, and. Uh, Sometimes I'll ask, like, how's your peace? Like, are you feeling anxious? You know? Uh, and, and if they say that they're longing for peace, then I'll pray for peace. And if they say they have it, then I'll thank God for providing that because that's where that comes from. Other times I'll, I know, I'll pray for some random thing and me, I'll, to me, I'll be like, well, I don't know where that came from, but I'll pray for it. And then they'll be like, oh my goodness, you have no idea. <laughs> and that's God working, you know? And so just don't let the idea of prayer intimidate you uh those who are listening because that's that's one of the most powerful things of serving in that capacity i'm not i don't want to focus just on hospital visitations because care ministry goes way beyond that um but that's a big part of it so speaking of prayer you do have a prayer team uh that um sometimes we mention it after service is really it's just like when we remember to mention it um, but they're there every single week. Talk about that a little bit. Like, what is that prayer team? When I say they're there, like, where is that? And what are they there to do? <laughs> okay, well, um, we just made a decision this last Sunday that we are going to meet at 8 o'clock. You know, Jesus said, could you not tarry one hour? And so I'm just asking for one hour. And I like how you play the Jesus card there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that that goes across my mind many, many times <laughs> yeah. about for myself too. Yeah. yeah. So we meet uh, at eight o'clock, and from eight until eight fifteen, we are going to go through the church, mm-hmm. and we're going to go two by two, and mm-hmm. we are going to pray in the sanctuary. We're going to send another group into the teen room and into Bright Beginnings and Kids City, and the Commons, and we're going to pray over everything. You know that God just would be there, that He would anoint it, and then from eight fifteen to eight thirty, um, we have so much to share what God is doing in our lives and what God, how God is using us. And, you know, um, the word says that, you know, 
that if I don't praise him, that the rocks will cry out. And I'm saying no rocks in that room. You know, we are (laughs) going to give God credit for what he's doing. And so we share the beautiful things that are happening in our lives and happening in other people's lives, the healings, uh, answered prayer um, as a result of, you know, coming together. And then at 830, we're going to get real serious and we're going to pray, you know, for the newcomers, for um, everybody that is leading in some ministry capacity for that day and, and um, you know, continue on for about a half an hour. But, you know, we talk about prayer and, you know, people thinking like, I can't do it or, oh, well, that's the pastor's job. No, you know, we're all called to do that. And when people say, I don't know how to, come and join us because you know what? That is the practice grounds, you mm-hmm. know. All you have to do is open your mouth, and you're right. You know our our prayers don't all look the same, and we don't all communicate the same. And I was sharing with my team uh, last Sunday just how beautiful the team is because we're so diverse, mm. and we all have different gifts. Even though we have a, a gift of prayer or a call in that area, there are even more specific, you know, things that each person does that contributes to the whole. Mm -hmm. And when somebody's missing, you know, it's obvious to us, but together it's just um, a a beautiful, a beautiful thing, you know, that God has done. I love uh, just so much of that. That's amazing. Um, And good job. It's a beautiful thing, what you're building, what God is building through you. When you said, uh, we're going to go two by two throughout the church for those 15 minutes and pray over all these different spaces, it reminded me of Luke 10, when Jesus sent the 70 into the towns, he said, now you go to the places where I am going to go. Like you go ahead of me to the places where I will follow and, and then, you know, knock on doors and talk to people and let them know I'm coming and, and all of that. And, uh, it, it made me think of that cause that's what a two by two, we, they went two by right. two and and the thing that stood out to me was go to the places where, where I will be. Right. And like the Lord is with us all the time and where two or more gather, he is there also. Um, but people will be entering those spaces, people of all ages, birth through, um, whatever the oldest person, in our congregation is. And, uh, they will be gathering to have an encounter with the Lord. They're seeking him in community through worship, uh, in whether it's through games and what I call full body worship in kid city, uh, where they do motions to songs and all of that and listen to teaching or, or videos and curriculum and games and crafts and bright beginnings or, or shenanigans and youth ministry or, uh, our, our worship services with adults or just conversations with people in the commons or like whatever you're literally sending people two by two to the places where they're anticipating an encounter with the Lord or searching for seeking for anticipating an encounter with the Lord and the Lord is going to be there. And and so just to go ahead of him and prepare the way for him, uh, how very John the Baptist of you, how very 72 <laughs> disciples of you. It's, it's, it's just, it's amazing. And I don't, I don't want people to miss that, you know, like it's not just, you're going to go with a partner. So you're not by yourself. It's no, we're going two by two because it's biblical. It's what, it's what Jesus had his disciples do to prepare the way. And, 
and I love that. So at the end of, so that, that all leads up to, um, before service begins. So you'll stop at nine service starts at nine 30. What but happens? We're not stopping it. Oh, okay. We're yeah, not okay. stopping at nine because, um, I have something new that I've been working with my team okay. on, and that is to be a mobile prayer team. And mm-hmm. so that's exactly what you're talking about mm-hmm. going out. So we pray and ask the Holy Spirit's guidance that he will lead us to the people that need prayer, people that are going through difficult times, people that don't know Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, whatever need that they have, um, that we would find them in the commons, you know, that half an hour before service begins, and we would pray for them. Oh, that's awesome. That is so awesome. And, and like I described from my hospital visit, sometimes where God impresses something on me to pray for, and they're like, oh, you have no idea how much I needed to hear that prayer. That happens with with when we go out with, Lord, just show me. Like, opportunities abound, right? Open my eyes to the opportunities that there are to meet someone, to connect with someone, to pray with someone, to show me somebody who needs prayer or a conversation or to be welcomed or whatever. And, uh, and we've heard that as you've had some of your team members and just some other people, um, who, who work and volunteer here have said, I just saw this person. And I thought, I don't know. I, I just feel like that person needs someone to go say hi or introduce themselves. And so I did. And they were like, I prayed today that God would, if he wanted me to be here, like he would do this thing and you are here doing that thing, you know, or whatever. That's a kind of a random example, but I love that. Well, actually, I pray that usually every week. Uh, Lord, you know the people that need to be here. Mm-hmm. It's not too late. Get them out of bed. Wake them up. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I pray the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he does. And people will say, you know, especially newcomers, um, I just woke up thinking, I need to go to a church. Mm-hmm. And I ended up here. Yeah. And I, I just kind of smile inside. Yeah. <laughs> I pray for every Sunday morning, I pray for conviction that God would convict people like that's the, exactly what you just said. I need to, I need to be a church and bring them through some church doors. And for all that he brings to ours, uh, let us just be attuned to his spirit so that we can connect with them. That's, that's awesome. So at the end of service then, so then you do all of this prayer work ahead of time and then you're mobilized during service. And then at the end of service, some of your team, um, are available at the front of the sanctuary. Talk about that for for just a minute. Right. So um, we have several people that will go after each service up front, and they're available to talk to anybody, to pray with anybody, um, you know, lay hands on them, anoint them with oil. We also have the prayer room on the side, and if people are not comfortable, they can come up and ask one of us to go in there and pray, you know, even, uh, you know, longer or, you know, talk and things like that to help them with whatever they're going through. But we, um, I have met many people at the altar by praying for them that have become my dear friends now. Mm. So, and and then some of them um, are part of the prayer ministry as well. Mm. It's beautiful. Beautiful. So, uh, prayer is a, is a big part of care. Um, and like I said before, we're, we're not going to go through the the list of all of the different opportunities are to serve, but I do want to highlight um, one more because there, there are uh, currently you're looking for people to, to join the care ministry, but, but 
in particular, two areas that are like your greatest need or your greatest opportunity. And, and that's the prayer team is one. So we've given a lot of time to that. But then also uh, there's like visitation. And I was talking about hospital visitation earlier, but but not necessarily hospital visitation, but for our senior saints, for example, um, and it's not just senior saints. There are people who are younger too. Like I was thinking of somebody earlier today who, because for medical reasons, he's about my age, and but for medical reasons, like he can't get into the church right now. And so um, to visit him too. So people who are unable to come to the church, but want to be here and long to be here and, and long to be connected to the body of believers that do gather to worship here. And, and some of those people, like they can join online and, and some of those people can't join online right um but we know i'm a huge advocate for streaming services and having church services available online but it's not the same as being in the room and and so uh for those people who can't gather with a a large group of people uh, in our context large means two to three hundred people in each service in smaller churches it might be two to three dozen people in each service. Um, so like hold loosely to the idea of large, but more than two or three people, you know. Uh, we want to, you want to make sure that those people get connection to the body through just some visits. Um, re- whatever regular means, uh, just some <laughs> regular visits from people once a month, once a week, a couple times a month. Um, just talk about that uh, for a second. Like what's your what's your heart in like your desire for visitation ministry? Well, first I want to, you know, say that we have um, a care team Mm -hmm. and we meet once a month for training. And um, through that time of training, uh, we have chaplains or people in the care ministry that um, will take communion to some of the people that are shut in, um, they will do you know in home visits because many of them are still in their homes, or they will do group visits in some of our assisted living homes, mm. which is really cool. But um, you know, so it's kind of like Janny Grine wrote a book called "Called, Anointed, and Appointed," mm. and so you know, some there's that call, and then there's the you know God getting us ready for service, you know, mm. like He did with David, the anointing, and then mm. there's that appointed time. Mm. So it's um, really cool to watch the people as they're going through trainings to all of a sudden say, "I'm ready to do this," and so we go, um, well. I usually go with somebody the first time so that they can meet, you know, the people or the group of people and they just fall in love with them. And we have several of, most of them actually, that um, we're fighting over, you know, we're saying, (laughs) no, I want to go there. I love that person. And um, again, it's them blessing us so much. Mm -hmm. And um, years ago, I taught a class, a macrame class to the elderly at a home back in Appleton, Wisconsin. And... After I taught them everything I knew, they taught me what they knew, mm. and that's when I realized that the seniors still can have a great influence on you know the younger generation. They have skills and crafts that the younger generation has never heard of or has not tried. They're very patient. They have all the time in the world, you know. So there are wonderful things that we can glean from their life, and um, so I think that's why these. Um, you know, visits are so beautiful because we're learning from them as well. But I find that um, people need 
the ones that can't get into church, the ones that aren't seeing other people, they need that physical touch. They need mm. that hug. They need, you know, somebody holding their hand. They need that from another person. You, while online streaming is a wonderful, you know, new thing that we can do to help people be a part of the church, just being there, you know, physically and ministering to them that way. And some of the places we have like, you know, maybe four, five, six of our people. Mm-hmm. And so again, that connection part comes in where I try and get them all together. Yeah. And then um, together they have communion together. They become the church, mm-hmm. which is, you know, a really cool thing. But I would love to see us have, you know, more than just a one month, you know, visit, but mm-hmm. to have, you know, maybe somebody visiting once a week and, um, but it is just really a, a beautiful, beautiful time, you know, when we're able to spend time with them. Yeah, to I love I love uh, your enthusiasm just like welled up while you were talking <laughs> about that. It's so great. It's so great. And that's another one of those things that I have uh, not frequently enough, but I've visited one of the senior centers in town, um, the Friendly Home, which is a, a home for women. To visit, there's one lady in particular that I have a great relationship with, and I've gone to visit her a handful of times, but she she meets with a group, and she leads a Bible study, and she gathers ladies up to watch the church service, like to stream the church service on Sunday mornings, and I've joined their Bible study and taken them communion and shared a devotion, and I'm I'm always intimidated by it, and I don't know why, but I show up. And the way, the way this particular lady works is she's got a plan and she just gives me her plan and I execute <laughs> her plan. And, um, and it's always such a joy. It's such a joy. And like when we're all done, the ladies are all so appreciative. And then I walk my friend back to her room and uh, we chat the whole way. And she thanks me probably 73 times on the walk back to her room. And, and I'm like, you just need to do this more often, James. How many, and you might not have an answer to this yet, but how many people would you need on that team, this visit, this visitation team to, to be able to provide the, the number of visits that you would love to provide? So like if we were able to do weekly visits with our shut-ins and our residents and, and those folks, like how many people would you need serving on this team to be able to do that? Well, I would like to say I'd like everybody to be a part of this. <laughs> um, and I think of the phrase that God gave me years ago, little is much. Mm. If we each do a little bit, mm. much can be accomplished. Mm. And um, right now we don't have enough. And there are some needs that are just put on hold mm. because we don't have the time to do it. But I would love to... Um, see maybe 20 more people okay great now before listeners before you go oh 20 people like there's like a thousand people at this church um yes there are like a thousand people at this church um but don't sit back and go well somebody else will do it um because guess what everybody's sitting back thinking somebody else will do it so if there's any part of you that that is thinking i could do that and it's something you could do as a family too um, depending on the Absolutely. circumstances and, and Margie knows like the environments that, that these men and women are in and like what there may be some that aren't suitable for kids. Cause maybe it'll be kind of intimidating for a kid to like walk into a hospital room where there's like breathing machines and stuff. But like these homes, 
It's, it's beautiful. And these men and women love seeing kids and teenagers. They do. And it like gives them life. So, um, I think families could do this together. Margie, Margie can help you f- find the right place and the right schedule and all of that. So if there's any part of you that's like, oh, we could do that. Like we could show up once a month. Cause if you do it on a rotation once a month, or maybe a little more than that for an hour or so, um, and just visit and just talk about like life and just listen and pray together. Um, it would mean the world to these men and women, but also, uh, you will be so lifted up. You will be so lifted up. So I have mentioned a couple of different times how intimidated I get and how, how every time I actually do it, I'm like, why, why were you intimidated? <laughs> um, I keep going back to that because it's not just me. Lots of people feel that way. And I, and I just want to lower that intimidation level a bit. So but then remember, there's also some, maybe something else that you can do. You know, like if you have a family that would love to be able to um, be a part of this, you can have your children make cards mm-hmm. and you can ask me, you know, um, who on my list would, you know, love to get a card. Mm-hmm. And I think having a card made by a child um, is just so exciting for them to see, you know, mm-hmm. that child's, you know, artwork and things like that. So that would be something that they could do, you know, as a family. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we're all busy. And so it's easy to go, oh, I just I just don't know if I have the time. Their family members are also busy. And their family members also fall into the trap of, oh, I don't know if I have the time. And so these men and women, like, they don't get a lot of visits. They, they don't have a lot of people coming in and just spending time with them. And so this is one of the ways that we just, um, we get to love on the least of these, the forgotten about, the set aside, you know, and and Jesus had a lot to say about how we should minister to the poor. And poor means not just financially poor, but poor Poor in in spirit. spirit. Yeah. And, And poor as in like in the eyes of like lesser in the eyes of society. And whether people listening to this, whether you think, and I'm, I'm focusing on, on the elderly particularly right now, whether you think of them as less in our society or not, um, if you're a person who's forgotten about, then you're, then you're less in our society and elderly folks in, in our culture, they are forgotten about. Um, and remember what Jesus said, what you've done to the least of these, my brethren, you know, so that is, Picture that as Jesus. Yeah. Would you do that for Jesus? Yeah. And and so not only do you get to go and be the face of Jesus and the hands and feet of Jesus to these people, but you get to ex- you get to encounter Jesus as you're doing it. And so like Jesus is a present on both sides of those visits, um, which is how when you go to bless somebody, you are blessed in the process because Jesus is on both sides. You know, um, through the power of the Holy Spirit, he's he's knitting it all together. Margie, there's so much beauty in care ministry. Your heart for it is amazing. And and I'm so glad that our podcast listeners had an opportunity to just hear your heart and get a glimpse as to why we were like, Margie's the perfect person <laughs> for this, which is really God saying Margie is the perfect person for this. But he said it to all of us at the same time. Because, you know, Jesus said you can tell a tree by its fruit. And the fruit of your tree is 
it's ripe with care um, because you have one of the biggest hearts of anybody I've ever known. And, uh, and Margie is a joy to work with. So sign up and help out in care ministry, right? Or just come and talk to me and don't be afraid. You don't have to, you know, sign your life away. <laughs> you can just try it Yeah. because yeah. once you try it, you're going to be hooked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like a drug dealer. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm High just on kidding. Jesus. High there on Jesus. Go. There you go. Cool. Thanks so much for being on the podcast, Margie. I, uh, I'm so glad that we did it. And, um, this is a great way. So if like, as you're listening to this, if you want to, um, just let other people know about care ministry, cause this is one of those ministries that like it, it doesn't happen all behind the scenes, but like 90% of it does because we're talking about stuff that happens during the week, during the day, uh, often the prayer room before services, like even the stuff that the, pr- the prayer team stuff we were talking about that happens during services, it's almost happening covertly. It's like people aren't walking around with banners like going, <laughs> I'm praying for you, you know? And so, um, so like we, it's easy to, to not know that this is happening, um, and so I'm glad that we've given it this, this attention, you know? And so if you're listening to this and you want other people to know about the care ministry of our church, uh, share the episode. It's a really easy way to just kind of get the word out there. And it'll be, you can get to the podcast from our website. You can get to it from social media. Uh, and for those people who don't do technology, unfortunately, Podcasts are technology dependent. <laughs> and so <laughs> otherwise you could go visit someone and uh, listen to the episode together, you know, just play it on your phone or something. So anyway, thanks again, Margie. Uh, if you have any more questions about care ministry, like she said, just, just catch her on a Sunday morning. And if you can catch the silver streak on a Sunday morning, catch her on a <laughs> Sunday morning and she'd love to tell you more about it. Thank you for having me. Yes.